You've heard over and over again that you should eat fewer processed foods and more good whole foods to decrease inflammation and improve your health. But what are processed foods anyway? I mean, if you really think about it, aren't broccoli florets processed? And how about boneless, skinless chicken breasts, right? They didn't come off the farm that way. So join me today as I unpack this important subject and give you the skinny on ultra-processed foods versus processed foods and why it makes such a difference in your health, your nutrition, and your wellness. Hey there, welcome to the Pretty Well Podcast. Do you want to know how to eliminate exhaustion, brain fog, and bloating? Do you find yourself up late at night Googling, why am I so tired? Are you over being told that nothing's wrong with you and your symptoms are just a sign of aging? Hey, I'm Lisa Smith, functional medicine dietitian with a thriving holistic health practice, and I've been there, overwhelmed, in pain, and defeated when my doctors insisted that nothing was wrong with my health. But I knew something wasn't right and desperately wanted to find root cause solutions to feel like myself again, but it seemed impossible. So I took matters into my own hands and researched holistic health solutions to my exhaustion, inflammation, and gut problems. And now I want to share these life-changing solutions with you. In this podcast, you will find that radical health transformation comes from small steps in learning the right foods and nutrition for you, healing your gut and dialing in your mindset so that you will be feeling better than ever. Hey, welcome back to the Pretty Well Podcast. I'm Lisa Smith, and today I'm talking to you about one of my favorite topics, food. Now, you know I'm a dietitian, and food has always been a hot topic for me, even before I was a dietitian. And I'll take you back a few years, well, many years now, but when I started to dive into this space, nutrition and wellness and then holistic health, I've always been under the opinion that our best food choices are those that are closest to nature. So the least processed foods are our very best options for health. And you know, when it comes to food, there is no lack of controversy. I don't care what your opinion is. You could firmly say that an apple is red and you will find someone somewhere who's going to say, nope, nope, that's not red. That's, that is a deep pink or a different shade of crimson. You'll get something, obviously crimson, I get that's red, but you know what I mean. You're gonna find argument in any part of the nutrition world. So when I started out taking a strong stance that whole foods were the way to go and that processed foods are something that we want to avoid, you know, there are always people who say, well, not all processed foods are bad. Or even when I was getting part of my education, it was very popular then. And I don't know, maybe it still is in in the education world, but it was very popular to say there are no bad foods. So you can enjoy any foods you want anytime. I completely disagree with that. There are bad foods. It, it does go back to what our definition of food is <laughs> takes us back many years what our definition of is is no just kidding political reference but anyhow it, it does it goes back to what our definition of food is if your definition of food is my definition of food that is something that either walked 
flew, swam, or grew. That is food. So if it's a protein source like beef or chicken, it walked, or turkey or lamb. If it flew, it's poultry. If it swam, it's seafood. And if it grew, it's, it's plant food. So that's my defin definition of food. And then when I would say processed, there would always be those people who said, well, if I cut up an apple, it's processed. Well, that's true. I would always say, you know, it's never really worth fighting over semantics. The point is when you start getting ingredients that you can't pronounce, then they're no longer food. They're food additives. And the body is not made to eat food additives on a regular basis. Now, if you do that for a treat, that's fine. That's totally fine. Of course, enjoy, have treats. That's great. But you don't want that to be the majority of your food. And in America, the majority of people get 60% to 80% of their food is very processed food, meaning lots of additives, pseudo foods, not real foods. Today, we're going to break down this semantics situation and we're going to talk about whole food versus processed food versus ultra processed food. And now that we have this terminology, ultra processed, it makes the conversation so much easier. We hear all the time that you need to eat less processed food, but now we can discern does the type of processing matter? For instance, if you cut up your apple, does that matter? Is it applesauce? Does that matter? So we're going to unpack that today. I love this because this is where the rubber meets the road and this is where your health is dramatically affected. By definition, processed food, it just means that food has been altered from its natural state. So those folks who say, well, even a cut up apple is processed food, they're absolutely correct. An apple that has been pulled off the tree has already started to be processed, that has been washed, that has been cut up or even heated and made into applesauce. Yep, those are all processed foods. Any deliberate change in a food that occurs before it's ready for us to eat is a processed food. And so we do eat lots of processed foods because most of us don't live on a farm that completely sustains us. We don't pull our produce out of the ground every day or off of the trees, and we don't drink milk straight from the cow. And so, and of course, all of our proteins are processed. We're going to talk about the differences between basic preparation and preservation techniques that keep wholesome foods still wholesome, such as frozen vegetables and frozen fruit. Those are great options. They don't make it a junk food. When we talk about those processed foods, they're awesome. They're great. They're convenient and they're healthy. Minimal alterations on foods could be, you know, cutting off the inedible parts, drying foods, crushing them, roasting them, such as nuts, boiling, freezing, pasteurizing, all that stuff. Yep, that's processing it. Even raw chicken has been processed, right? So, okay, that's fair enough. But when we go from just the minimal processing to extra steps, such as what's now been called ultra processing, that is a lot more involved than simply making fish canned or freezing fruits or freshly made 
breads, they just have a few ingredients. The, the term ultra-processed was introduced by a nutrition researcher from Brazil in 2009. And what they did in 2010, they actually classified foods as unprocessed, processed, and ultra-processed. And they have a system called NOVA, N-O-V-A. And so they show this complete spectrum of foods from unprocessed to ultra-processed. And it really gives us a good idea of what's what. To really pin down what ultra-processed foods are, that is still that's still a moving target. So, so it's going to, the definition is going to slightly vary, but I'm going to share with you some of the main definitions and then you'll be able to better understand whether it's processed, which isn't necessarily a big deal to ultra processed, which actually impacts our health. By most definitions, what takes a food from just being regular processed to ultra processed is called tertiary processing. So food processing happens in stages. And the first stage is just what I had said initially. It's taking off the in inedible parts of the grain. So taking off the hull, taking off the things you don't eat. It's cleaning cereals. It's parboiling. That is step one or the primary stage of food processing. Then the secondary processing includes freezing, it includes baking, fermentation, and frying. And then the third stage turns grains into edible products and it adds more ingredients to add flavor and texture. So what it does is this third stage takes our processed foods into shiny, packaged foods that look nothing like they looked in nature. So the things you find at fast food restaurants and gas station quick marts, they have a long list of ingredients. And what we find is that in this tertiary processing, you see a lot of added sugars, a lot of added salt. Often you see trans fats or very poor quality inflammatory fats added. And then you see substances that are not normally used in food preparation, additives to imitate the qualities of real food. So things like gums and starches and artificial colors and flavors and artificial sweeteners, stabilizers, preservatives. These additives add flavor and texture, but they're also known to play a very significant role in causing health conditions. So what kind of foods do we find these in? Well, we tend to find them in convenience foods, things like frozen meals, hot dogs, deli meats, fast food for sure, soft drinks, and then all the things you see in the inner aisles of the grocery store, right? The ones that we're told not to shop in, all the cookies, the baked goods, the crackers, the candy, the chips, even breads and wraps. A lot of times people think, oh, I'm making a really wise decision. I'm eating wraps for lunch instead of sandwiches. Well, if you take a look at the ingredient list on your wraps, so often they are loaded with chemicals, dough conditioners, and preservatives. And unfortunately, they're not healthy as, you know, they're not as healthy as we think they are. 
So I hinted a second ago to the fact that these these additives that make foods ultra processed are implicated in a bunch of health conditions. I want to share a recent study with you from the journal Cell Metabolism, which is an excellent academic journal, compared the, the effects of an ultra-processed diet to the effects of an unprocessed diet on calorie intake and weight gain. And the, it, it was a small study. It had 20 healthy overweight adults who stayed at a medical facility, and each participant was assigned to either an ultra-processed diet or an unprocessed diet for 14 days, so for two weeks. And they were given three meals a day and allowed to eat as much or as little as they wanted to. And up to an hour was allowed for each meal and they could also have snacks. But again, one group was ultra processed, all their foods were ultra processed and another group was unprocessed. But otherwise the meals were absolutely matched for total calories, total macronutrients, fat, carbohydrates, protein, fiber, sugars, and sodium. So on paper, these meals looked identical. But when you look at the micronutrients and the actual food quality, this is what we found to be different. So remember, they could eat as much as they wanted. So the big difference that was found was that the participants who were on the ultra processed diet consumed about 500 more calories per day on that diet versus the unprocessed diet. And the ultra processed diet folks increased their intake of carbohydrates and fat significantly, but not protein. And get this, they gained an average of two pounds during that ultra processed diet phase over two weeks. And the unprocessed folks lost an average of two pounds. So that doesn't sound like a really big difference, but this is the hitch. 11 people on the ultra processed diet gained extreme weight, as much as 13 pounds over 14 days. <laughs> well, some saw no weight gain. So that's how they got that average of two but 13 pounds, that's almost a pound a day, which is crazy. So the, the study did have some limitations. It was a very small study. It was a short-term study, but very, very interesting. And another study recently looked at the dietary records of more than 100,000 French people, adults, over five years. And what they found, this is pretty interesting, is that those who had significantly more ultra-processed foods in their diet had very significantly increased risks of cardiovascular disease, coronary heart disease, and cerebrovascular disease. So pretty big deal. It was statistically significant as, as they made the comparison. And what else was statistically significant was the nutritional quality differences of the diet. So it was showing that the folks with the ultra processed diet had way more saturated fat, sugar, and sodium in their diets. So those two studies, along with, with other studies, show that high intake of ultra-processed foods 
have been associated with heart disease, diabetes, obesity, even cancer, inflammation, chronic pain, and hormonal imbalances. So as we're looking at these ultra-processed foods, it really helps us to know why they're such a big deal. So what do you do about it? Well, the very first thing you want to do is you want to become a label reader. You want to become a really good label sleuth because that's going to help you determine whether something is a processed food or an ultra processed food. In general, if something has five ingredients or less and you know the ingredients, you yourself would cook with them. Well, it's probably a pretty decent choice. But when you look at those ingredient lists that are <laughs> half of the package long, you know, I just put it back on the shelf. Don't even get it because I guarantee you that the majority of those ingredients are not real food. They are pseudo foods to make it taste like real food and your poor body has to deal with it and it causes inflammation and it causes health problems. When you see that really long list, just put it down and there are definitely better alternatives. So what are some other things you can do in addition to looking at the labels. And just real quick, I want to give a plug for an old book by Michael Pollan called Food Rules. And Food Rules is a delightful little book. It's, if you remember, I'm taking you back, and for our younger audience, you probably won't remember this, but for the folks my age, you'll definitely remember this. There was a little tiny book called Everything I Ever Needed to Know I Learned in Kindergarten, and it was one thought per day, and it was adorable. It was things like, you know, be sure to share, treat others as you want to be treated, be kind to people, those kinds of things. It's, it's adorable. Anyhow, there's a book called Food Rules and the author is Michael Pollan and he has the same concept, but it's things like if your grandmother didn't bake with it, don't buy it. If you can't pronounce it with your mouth, don't put it in your mouth, those kinds of things. So that's step one. When you're a label reader, that's a common sense approach, super simple. It just takes a little extra time when you are replacing things in your pantry. It takes a little extra time to find the better alternatives, but once you do, you're good to go. So that's step one. Step two, cooking at home. That goes a long way toward reducing your ultra processed foods because restaurants, you know for a fact, they're using things that help them to be one, more profitable, and two, more efficient. So they are using ingredients that have ultra processed foods in them because it makes, makes their food taste good and it makes it um, easier to prepare, faster to prepare. And oftentimes it increases shelf life. So eating at home, definitely a key step in reducing these inflammatory ultra processed ingredients in your diet. Now I realize it's not always easy to avoid ultra processed foods entirely because sometimes there's an issue of affordability, availability, and accessibility. So even making small tweaks in your diet over time is very, very powerful for your health. So to make small tweaks, I'm just going to go over some examples with you and you'll start to see, oh yeah, that's actually pretty doable. Number one, sweetened breakfast cereals. That is one of the biggest offenders in ultra processed foods. And so what can you do? Well, you could switch it to like a plain brand cereal or like a grape nuts, 
Or you could make a homemade granola or muesli. Did you see what I did there? I took you from ultra processed, a sweetened breakfast cereal like mm, Captain Crunch, one of my old time favorites from before I knew what I knew. Now that I know, I can't unknow it. So sadly, Captain Crunch is no longer on the list. But so Captain Crunch would be your ultra processed option. Grape nuts would be your processed option. And then homemade muesli or granola with organic oats would be your home version. How about soda? Soda, ultra processed. Uh, sparkling water with flavor. Unsweetened. You know, the kind you get at the grocery store that's like mandarin orange. Sparkling water. <laughs> that would be processed. And then home version would be carbonated water with some fruit or fruit slices. I have to tell you this. I am a carbonated water fiend. I get cravings for carbonated water at night. I don't know why. I started it a few years ago and now I can't kick it. And I think it was when I started drinking kombucha, but then I was drinking too much kombucha and it was too much sugar. So then I started cutting it with, with San Pellegrino in carbonated water and then I just started reducing the kombucha and increasing the carbonated water. But what I was finding was that when I would run out, first I'd be like, oh man, I am out of San Pellegrino or I'm out of club soda. And then that was a hassle because then what was I going to do? Then I was drinking water and that's really the best option. But And I drink tons of water. But you know, at night before dinner, I want that carbonation. So I finally broke down and bought a soda stream. I love it. I love it. If you are like me and you love carbonated water, it is worth every penny. So get this, they have one that has glass bottles. And so I bought the one with glass bottles and it's manual. It's not electric, which is great because when the if the electricity goes out and there's a storm and I want my carbonated water, I've got it. So anyhow, that's what I'm doing. So that's my DIY version of carbonated something. Uh, some other ideas, flavored potato chips. Well, then you could go from there, from that's an ultra processed to a processed, which might be an organic plain blue corn chip, or you could do a home version, which is DIY chips, where you slice your potatoes really thin or your sweet potatoes, even better, toss them with some avocado oil or whatever oil that's healthy you want, and then sprinkle it with Himalayan sea salt and bake it till it's crunchy. Okay, some other ideas. How about a flavored candy bar that you get at the checkout because you know what? It is calling your name and you made the mistake that I make, which is you went shopping hungry and you got all the dinner stuff and six other things you didn't need and then that Hershey bar in the checkout. But it was dark chocolate, so you were good, right? Not so much. So. If you look at those ingredients, there are things like TBHQ. I may have mixed those letters up, but it's something like that. It's really a really, really bad ingredient and some other things like that. So instead of getting that dark chocolate Hershey's bar or that dark chocolate Dove bar, which would be ultra processed, you could go with organic dark chocolate squares, right? That's an option. What about this? Here, I'm going to do two more. Frozen blended coffee drink. Mm-hmm. Ultra processed for sure. Mm-hmm. They're using mixes for those things too. 
The second, the processed version would be say, just a store-bought cold brew. Uh, and then the, and the home version or the least processed version would be a homemade cold brew, either that you make with a toddy, mm, so delicious, or that you get at the coffee shop and you know that they home brew. And then the last one, how about this one? Flavored granola bars with added sugar and preservatives. Dun, dun, dun. You do not want that. No. And it, first of all, it's going to spike your blood sugar. Second of all, it has all that artificial stuff in it. So then you could go to, that's ultra processed. Processed, you could go to a granola bar from a top-notch company with high-quality ingredients, which is like a unicorn in this world. But there are a few. Uh, I like BHU, BU bars. They're pretty good. Or you could DIY a protein bar. You could get an Empower Bar mix from the company Gratisfied. If you haven't heard the podcast with Sarah McLaughlin on, go back and listen to it. You'll love it. So that would be processed, right? Because she's putting together whole food ingredients, but it's in a mix. And then you make it at home. So that's still a very good processed option. Or you could literally make one from scratch and that would be your home version. Okay, so I hope this has cleared up when you hear the, the term processed food and you're like, wait, not all processed food's bad, right? Like how about all natural peanut butter? Right, it's not all bad. As a matter of fact, a lot of processed food, great options and it makes our life so much more convenient because I don't know about you, but I'm not making my own peanut butter at home. Could, but I'm not going to. So yeah, so processed isn't the problem, it's the ultra processed with all those additives in it. I hope that this has made it easier. What, what you want to remember is that food, even though it is fuel, it is more than fuel. Food is enjoyment. It's nourishment and nurturing of your body. So next time you go looking for foods and you're looking at processed foods, remember they're not all bad for you. So when you hear processed foods, they're not all bad, but focus on getting more fresh foods in their natural state, more vegetables, more minimally processed, high quality proteins, and then make sure you're reading your labels and keeping the ingredient list small, five or less, to things that you know, that you recognize, and limit those that are high in sugar and fats and sodium and have lots of ingredients. And then for the occasional treat, is it horrible to have ultra processed foods? It is not. We all need to have treats from, from time to time. So just choose your treats wisely. I like to look at those things like a checking account. If I don't have money in my checking account, I'm not going out shopping. I'm not going to buy new clothes if I don't have money in my checking account. Kind of like that. If you have already spent your whatever, your allowance on some treats, then focus more on whole foods or foods close to their natural state. I like to think of it like the 80-20 rule. 80% eat as whole food and natural clean foods, and then the other 20 just enjoy guilt-free. So for today, that wraps up our clarification on processed foods and I'm looking forward to talking with you next time. Next time you go to the store, start checking out those labels and shoot me a line and let me know what you find. Until next time, stay pretty well. Bye.